WBNE. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jade. And we're the Curly Critics. And today we're talking about Invincible by Troy Denning. Yeah. <laughs> Pause for Jade's awkward. Yeah. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> this book is not Star Wars canon. <laughs> Let's just make yeah, that clear. Let's start with that before any of you come after us going, "What are you doing? What about 789?" Nothing. No, you want to know why 6 was afraid of 7 because 789 sucked. <laughs> okay? Everyone's allowed to have their own opinion. But that was a book, harsh joke. I just thought it was funny and I said it the other book, day and no one laughed. So <laughs> This, this book that we're talking about today would have made a great sequel trilogy. Oh, and I have a list gosh. of things that are in this book that would have made the sequel trilogy better. And I have a thing that was in the sequel trilogy that they stole. Don't worry. Yeah, okay, it occurred to me while we were reading this, like right at the end, I was like writing my notes. And I was like, liking the expanded universe legend Star Wars. It's probably exactly how it feels to be a comic book fan. Oh, that's like to be a Marvel a comic book fan. Except you know that that's canon, right? Because literally, like, comic- Stan Lee wrote it. Right, the comic books are different because they're all canon, but there's just so many of them. But they're not all going to make it to the screen, and like what's on the screen is usually a collection of a bunch of comic book things. Yeah. And so the Star Wars movies are pretty much done the same thing, except they're just completely, like, they're not even taking, like, crediting these. Yeah. Like the comic books do. They're just, like, taking things and then be like, look at this great idea we came up with. And we're like, we know where that's from. I know where Kylo Ren came from. <laughs> what we're trying to say is, this hurts our souls a little bit. When I found out that suddenly this book and all of the books I read in middle school and high school weren't canon anymore, a part of my soul definitely died. So. Yeah, I read a lot of Obi-Wan Qui-Gon books. Yeah. So those, not technically not canon, but you can't really mess with them that much. Right. They were written after the prequel book tri- prequel movies came out anyway, and they were all just like, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon went on this adventure. Yeah, it wasn't all the after six things that I was super obsessed with that they literally did mess with. At the time, we had no idea because it was like 2012 and none of the stuff was going on yet, but then once word came out oh there's a seven and suddenly all of the books you've ever loved aren't a thing anymore it was like oh (sighs) okay so this book (laughs) comes with a lot of context because we're delving into a universe that doesn't exist anymore yeah and we're reading it because this book has a lot of nostalgia oh yeah this is the... We haven't read an old book in a long time. Yeah. Jade, what's your history with this book? I, yeah, I was about to say, don't we do that? <laughs> we haven't in a while. <laughs> oh, got him. 
Um, so my history with this book, I, I don't remember what happened first. I don't know if I read it at the library, like rented it and then was like, oh man, I have to have this. Or if I just saw a Star Wars book at Half Price Books and went, cool, I'm, yeah, cool, I'm gonna buy this now. Um, I have no idea how I came to get this book. Um, I, I feel like it might have had something to do with my brother. Probably. I know I was definitely Maybe. obsessed with the, um, shoot, I forgot the most recent series that just came out. Um, I forgot the name of it, whatever, but I was really obsessed with the book in that series called Backlash. Um, that one was really good and I was like, whoa, what is all the context for this? And so I saw this book and was like, oh, this is really cool. Oh, it has some characters I know. Um, and I read Fate this book. Fate of the Jedi. Fate of the Jedi. Oh, that series. You guys, that series is so good. Like, oh my gosh. I didn't finish it mostly because I started high school and got busy, but like, oh, it was so good. Um... I honestly, after reading this book, I don't remember it the same. And usually with books, you get that nostalgic feeling and you see it the same way in your head and you picture it the same way. That was not the case with this book. And I think it had something to do with, like, different attention to detail, um, other things, whatever, but I definitely didn't see it the same way. And it wasn't like, oh, it was so disappointing. No, it was just like, this is not what I remember. This is so weird. Carrie, what was your history with this book? Okay, so... There are parts of this book that I remember Zach, my older brother, telling me about... Really? I didn't realize he had read it, but I guess I should have because he's, like, more of a nerd he... than we are. Yeah. I, like, remember as, like, a little kid, like, Star Wars is, like, a big part of my childhood. When my parents would go on dates, my older brother would play Knights of the Old Republic, the video game with us, where he would, like, do all the controls, but we would, like, tell him what to do. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> And he would always, like, have to, he would, like, run over and, like, mute the TV whenever it said down. Because <laughs> he was like, you can't hear this. And we were, like, like, I was, like, 12 and Tim was, like, 10. That's so funny. But I cannot even remember what scene it was specifically. Hold on. She was talking about beavers, guys. They have beavers in Star Wars. <laughs> oh my gosh okay i think i remember i remember zach being like hey like there's this guy jason he turns the dark side his name was darth cadius cadius i think it's either cadius or cadius it's cadius dude cadius <laughs> 
Sorry, just, I won't do that anymore. There's gonna be so many. There are so many things in this book that I've never said out loud before. <laughs> We're gonna struggle power through. Uh huh. But I remember him telling me about that, and I remember him telling me about when Luke like forced visions himself <sighs> into the fight with Jaina. Like I remember him telling me about that when I was like ten. Mm. And I, like, was reading that scene, and I was, like, I could, like, picture myself in my brother's room, him telling this to me. Incredible. And that was just very, like, this book has so much nostalgia for me. Oh, yeah. Like, there are a lot of scenes that, like, I opened this book, and I read the first chat, the first paragraph, and I was, like, I don't remember this at all. And then I read Bubba Fett's name, and it all just, like, came flooding back. Like, the images that I've, like, had in my head the first time I read it and, like, all these things. And, like, every chapter was like that. And I was like, whoa, it's been, like, ten years since I've read this book. Yeah. Yeah, so my brother read it or told me about it. My brother was definitely my introduction into the extended universe. I have so many EU books that were his that he gave to my younger brother, that my younger brother gave to me. So, thanks, Zach. (laughs) But I think this book specifically I read because of you, Jade. Heck yeah, my guy. Because I was always more of a prequel fan growing up, so I liked those books better, the Jedi Apprentice and the Jedi Quest books. Yeah. While you were always more of an Efter an episode six and after fan mm-hmm. and so you were like read this one this is not even my favorite book in this series mm-hmm. but it's like the best like it's the best one in the series but it's not my favorite okay that makes sense the, like the only ones worth reading are the first one and this one and my favorite yeah. is the first one there are nine books in this series the one this series is so political <laughs> I tried to read it as a kid, and I could not finish it. I feel like now, though, it would be so interesting. Maybe. Just to see the parallels of that versus especially, like, the political climate of when these things were written. Like, oh my gosh, that would be so Mm. wild. It was really fun to reread this book and, like, pick stuff out and be like, I remember that. That's in The Mandalorian. Or that's in the sequel trilogy. Mm Mm-hmm. So. The context for this book. (laughs) This story, this book, is set in 41 ABY, which is the after the Battle of Yavin. So that makes it 37 years after episode 6 which took place in 41 APY. This is a nine-book series, and we're reading the last one because we're crazy, and the internet exists to fill us in on all the gaps. I also have read most of the other ones, so I have a pretty clear idea of what happened. Yeah, I have literally only read this one and ones placed after this one. Great. And some of the Jedi Academy books, but that's irrelevant. So, in the first book... Okay, hold on. (laughs) Go back even farther. So, there are 
three eras, main eras that have taken place since episode six. Mm-hmm. The New Jedi Order, which the New Jedi Order had all of Han, Leia's, and Luke's children. Well, mostly Han and Leia's kids, because Luke's kids so much younger than Han and Leia's kids. Mm-hmm. They, like, went to Yavin 4 and, like, trained in the Academy, New Jedi Order, and then there was the Yuzong Vong Wars, mm-hmm. which I only know what my brothers told me about those. It's like these people come from out, like, deep space and came and attacked, and Anakin Solo died, Chewbacca died. Mm-hmm. It was not a good time. At, at the same time, on the same ship. <laughs> it's fine. Like, in the Yuzong Vong Wars, okay. Jade, would you like to talk about the family history? <laughs> this episode's all over the place. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm not gonna go into details or timelines. We're just gonna go with characters we know and characters that they... are family with. Okay, so we've got... <laughs> we've got Luke. You may have heard the name Mara Jade. She was a Sith lady emperor's hand yeah the emperor's hand i definitely forgot that oh boy she was practically a lot of star wars knowledge in this brain that is coming out right now (laughs) yeah so luke and mara jade had a kid ben skywalker ben skywalker okay anyway flaming redhead yes oh i love him ben solo get him out of here it's enough of that doesn't even make sense. Leia didn't even know him as Ben. Okay. We don't need to talk. We're gonna keep going. <laughs> you can see I'm upset. No, I've had the same debate with my brothers. Weasel episode 7. We sat in that car on the way back at like 3am and yelled about this. <laughs> okay. Continuing on. Han and Leia obviously get married. Like, duh. They have... Jason and Jaina, they are twins. They are very connected in the Force. Um, They also have, like, crazy twin bond where they can, like, feel what each other is feeling, etc. They also have a son, Anakin Solo, um, which, as we just said, he ends up dying. They named a Star Destroyer after him. Well, they didn't. Somebody else we're gonna get to meet did. <laughs> um, so Jason, Jason Solo, my guy, he, um, spoiler alert, went to the dark side. Yeah, so that was what I was gonna say. Is in the Yuzong Vong War, he fell to the dark side the first time, and yeah. then he like came back, and then he spent a bunch of years, <clears throat> like learning about the Force. And then he had this weird force vision about this dark figure, like, bringing the cha- the galaxy into chaos. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I have to stop them. And then he became that figure. Yeah. And that's how we get to the Legacy of the Force series. Yeah. He, um, before that happens, he marries, does he marry? Are they married? Mm. <laughs> Ask the same question at the same time. I... From what I understand, it was a one-night stand. Okay, so... But, like, a one-night stand, like, they were romantically involved. 
Yeah. Or, like, they were attracted to each other, but it was just a, like, let's do this. Like, we're about to die. Let's do this. I see. So, correction. Jason Solo and Tenel Ka, a uh, Hapan, a Hapan queen, she, um, they have a kid named Alana cute little redhead girl because all the Hapan people are they have very similar features they're all like royalty basically um also fun fact Chewie ends up having a kid named Lobaka Lobaka's still alive we love Loi he's very fun (laughs) If you haven't read the Jedi Academy books, those are also, like, kind of short, pretty fun. They're in fun colors. <laughs> They're just fun little adventures. Jason cuts off Tenelka's arm. You know, as lovebirds do. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So, in the Legacy of the Force series, we start with... I don't remember the exact order of things, but Jason is tempted to the dark side by this woman named Lumiera. Lumia? Lumaya, yeah. Lumaya. Let's go with that. And she, like, tricks him into falling to the dark side. He falls to the dark side. He tries to bring Ben with him. Isn't she a night sister? Um. Possibly. I think she is. I think that's why he knew about Dathomir. Well, Tenelkal was born on Dathomir. Fun fact. I learned that today. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I was looking stuff about her earlier and it said, Homeworld, Dathomir. And I was like, what? (laughs) Her mom was a Dathomirian witch. Whoa. So, learned that today. That's crazy. So, she could... Lumia may or may not be a night sister. Have to read Betrayal again to find out. Hmm. Interesting. But Jason, like, falls to the dark side and he's training Ben to be his Sith apprentice. Ben's, like, but, 12, 13 at the time. Yeah. But eventually, Ben, like, Ben is Luke Skywalker's son. Yeah. So he, like, realizes something's off. And then Jason kills Ben's mom. Yeah. And so that doesn't go over well. My namesake. And- I hate him for it. And then Luke goes crazy with grief. He's like, my wife is dead and kills Lumaya. Yeah. And then then we're like, at this point, Jane is training with Boba Fett and the Mandalorians so that she can have like an edge over Jason because she has to be the one to kill him because they have a force bond. And because if Luke does it, he'll fall to the dark side. She's also sort of the Jedi for that reason. Yes. And there's like a prophecy about it. Yeah, I was going to read that at some point. (laughs) Just because it's neat. I don't know. Yeah. So then we at book nine, Invincible, where Jason is taking over the Galactic Alliance and the Remnant, which is the old Empire, and he's going to war against the Jedi. And the Hapans. 
there are a lot of Jedi at this point. There's several masters. Um, at least 50 Jedi Knights. Yeah. Um, definitely more, but they said 50 for sure, so. Yeah, it's really... My two main things about this book. One, Luke is so cool. Oh my gosh. He's literally... He spends ugh. the entire book tricking Jason into thinking that Luke is going to kill him instead of Jaina. He's like... Luke is like literally manipulating the future visions that Jason's seeing. Because Jason's like super scared of Luke. Mm-hmm. But, like, doesn't expect Jaina to come and kill him. So, like, that's cool. He also does this thing where he, like, force projects himself onto Jaina so that Jason sees that Luke is fighting him, but it's really Jaina, which is, like, bizarre. But it's kind of like what he did at the end of episode eight, <laughs> but without the death at the end. Mm-hmm. Also, the Hapan people is it's a group of like royalty and like these planets completely run by women. Oh my gosh. Literally It's a matriarchy. Yeah. Why isn't this canon? And the fact that they have female moths, I'm like, yes. Uh. There's like there's a quote in this book where it talks about Tenokal's dad, Prince Is Isidol Isolder. Isolder, yeah. Ice older, and they were like, Do you think that they would have had a male heir if they had a choice? And like, they hate the fact that he's ruling because he's a male. And it's so like women power. I just think there's so many men in Star Wars. Yeah. We need these people in canon. There's still time. You can still bring them in, Disney. <laughs> oh, it's really fantastic. Yeah, when that. When you could tell that that's where that was leading in episode eight, I could tell everyone was shocked. I was not because yeah, I had seen Zach it before. Zach and I were not either. We were like, no, I've already seen this. So part of me was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, this is how I would want this to go. And the other part of me was like, they stole this from Troy Denning. Yeah, I'm like almost positive that ryan johnson has read this book he had to have there is no way he could have come up with that by himself like when i finished reading like watching episode eight the first time i was like this reminds me of jana and jason like literally the force bonds that luke scene like all of it feels like it was taken directly from this book angsty luke yeah yes He's literally staring out into nothingness 90% of this book. The rest of the time, he's being awesome. The other two things about this book that I wish were in canon right now. One, Han and Leia happiness. Ugh. They are just such a power couple in this book. And Jaina knows it. She admits it so many times. I am... Probably they weren't that in the movies because of Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher more so than the writers. Yeah. But I miss it. There's just so much, like, throughout this book, Luke and Han, Han and Leia are approached with so much trauma and sadness. They, like, have to deal with the fact that they lost their son Anakin. 
that their son Jason fell to the dark side and the only one who could stop him is their daughter. And, like, they have to be okay with Jaina just, like, going out and maybe she'll live and maybe she won't. And also the fact that Luke, their brother slash brother-in-law, like, he was also putting himself in danger this entire time. Yeah, and so they're just, like, this bond of, like, we've done traumatic things together, but we love each other and we're always by each other's side. And it's so cute. Yeah. The other thing that I miss is powerful Mandalorians. Mm. There's so many Mandalorians in this book, and there's, like, a whole culture, there's the whole... I have to admit, which is probably another thing that they stole from this book, but I'm okay with it, but almost all of the Mandalorian stuff that's in this book is the same as is in the show Mandalorian. Shocker. Without the number of Mandalorians. Right. But, like, Beskar's the same. They have all these sayings and cultures and are like, this is what you say to an assassin. This is what you say to a soldier, like, when you go into battle. And it's like, that's cool. I want to watch a show with a bunch of Mandalorians. Yeah. Which we'll probably get in Mandalorian Season 3. But if you want to take from this book, that's fine with me. and Just credit it. <laughs> yeah, literally. Don't even get me started. Don't get there me was, started. There was a line, not a quote from somebody when they started making the sequels trilogies. And they were like, it's just so hard because we don't have any subject material for this and everybody was like okay but there are like 50 books i'm shaking that my you head. just discredited that it's fine you, that are like at your disposal as long as you get the author's permission which yeah that's a lot of people to contact but they're geniuses who did an, like, a fantastic job keeping up with the canon plus creating their own content yeah, I don't care. Like, it doesn't fully upset me that, like, these books aren't canon anymore. Like, I understand, like, Disney's doing their own thing. Like, they're going through it. Like, that's fine. And, like, Star Wars is not, like, Marvel where you can just be like, oh, that's in a different universe. Right. Like, that's just happened on a different Earth. Like, it's not set up that way. Mm-hmm. It just upsets me that they've, like, ignored them and then are, like, taking things from them and being like, Oh, like, uh, we just came up with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, just like I freaking came up with, oh, I'm going to come up with the idea of Yoda. He talks backwards sometimes. Oh, that's so crazy. People put in a lot of effort into this, and, like, the EU is kind of a mess. Well, yeah, because they were all done by different authors. Yeah, this book in itself is not perfect. A lot of it is super weird. Yeah. Lots of the books in this thing are a mess. Yeah. And that's fine. And I could understand Disney being like, hey, we want to have a clean slate. But also don't take things from these books and then just be like, I don't know where that came from. Man, we're literally geniuses. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Like, people have dead, like, people are really into this lore. Like, we're really into this lore. And, like, I would like to see it credited on screen as, like, hey, look, like, we brought this thing from these books, like, canon. Like, isn't that fun? Like, Thrawn? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (sighs) It is fun, though, despite, like, when, like, 
they are like doing it like Thrawn, like nobody's gonna deny that Thrawn was straight out of the EU. Right. Like Thrawn has a series of books in the EU and he's pretty much the same in the canon. Mm-hmm. But like that's cool. If they ever make Revan canon, like I don't care what they do with it, I'll just be thrilled that Revan's canon. You know what they're it's not just... gonna make canon? Ben Skywalker, Carrie. You know what what they could make canon though? Mary Jane. That's all I'm saying. There are literally people in the actual 501st Legion. If you guys didn't know, there's an actual 501st where people, like, dress up. You have to create your own Stormtrooper, Clone Trooper, etc. costumes. And they get to, like, travel the country and be in Disney parades. And it's super cool. Um... And there are people that dress up like Mara Jade. And I'm like, I want to be you. I don't... <laughs> She's just so cool. And the like, this book does a lot for diversity. Like, there's a lot of different aliens in it. Oh, there's yeah. There's a lot of women in it. And I like that. And I wish that kind of thing was in the Star Wars movies more. Yeah. But... Like, Disney's doing what they want to do. Like, nobody's going to like what they're doing. (laughs) I'm not going to tell Disney to do better. And I'm not going to discredit people who like the sequels. Yeah. Like, they were entertaining to watch. Yeah. I wish they had been done differently. (laughs) Yeah. Like, followed the plot of this book. (laughs) Mm. But, like, they're not bad movies. No. I wish someone else would follow the EU... But I don't know if anyone's got the money for that. Yeah. Or cares. Make a cartoon, man. That's dope. Make it Lego. Let's go, man. Literally the best thing that's come out since the prequels. Okay, no. Uh, Rogue One was actually pretty good. Love that movie. But... The Lego is pretty good too. The Lego Christmas special, like I still haven't watched that. Oh my gosh, you're going to love it! I'm telling you, there's literally like six Obi Wan's in it, and it's so funny. Oh my I think that you could do like a weird. I don't know how you would do it, where it's like somebody has a forced vision about all the futures that could have been, and it's just like a trip. Like Marvel is doing the like what if animated series on disney plus mm-hmm. where it's like all these like different like what if this had happened and it's like i'm imagining i don't know much about it but i imagine a lot of it is like straight from the comics yeah and so it's like you could do something like that for this as just a like fan tribute don't get and me be excited like, be like what if luke had found a wife and it was like that story or like what if han and leia had stayed together and like that story what if luke found a wife that was actually the emperor's hand and redeemed her and brought her to the light side what a concept their their love story is so great because she was literally sent to kill him oh and then he was just like no i'm gonna love you and then she's like okay and then they had a kid and she's like Sounds, Literally the coolest person. Sounds a little bit like Ben and Tahiri. Am I right, ladies? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I literally have a note about that. At some point, we should talk about the book. No, I don't think so. This is more fun. 
We could have our own radio show about Star Wars and nothing else. And in between, George Lucas plays. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we go through this whole book, and the point is that Jane is going to kill Jason. Like, that's the main plot line of this book. Yeah, that's the idea. And for that being the main plot line of the book, Jaina kills Jason in three pages. (laughs) That's the part that was a bit disappointing. I remembered it being longer, but that's because I remembered when she was with the Mandalorians and that fight scene was a lot longer. And yeah, I she thought fights him. I didn't realize there were two fight scenes where that happens. I was very confused. <laughs> yeah, there are two scenes in the book where Jaina fights Jason. One of them happens near the beginning of the book and she, like, cuts off his arm. He, like, almost kills her. And that's when, like, Luke projects on her. And so, like, Jason thinks that he's fighting Luke this whole time. And then Jane is, like, demolishing him. And Luke also projects himself away from her so she can get away and so he can distract Jason. Yeah. And then later... Basically, Jason is, like, doing all of these things to make the galaxy a safer place Mm -hmm. for Elena. Alana? Whatever. For his daughter. And there's a- at the end, they start making these nano-killers, which, like, target genetic- people of, like, the same genetics. Which is a part that I think is super weird. It is did so not, weird. Like, it's cool, but it did not need to be in this book. Well, it also comes up later. They definitely talk about it yeah. in the other books. And I think at some point, Boba and Murda get to go back to Mandalore, but I could be wrong. Yeah, they use one on um, Boba Fett's granddaughter, Murda, and they, like, put it over the surface of Mandalore so, like, they can't go back. And then they make another one with Prince Prince Isolder to target, like, the royal family. Which, which is all of them. All of them, but it's especially Tenokal and Alana. Mm-hmm. So Jason, like, he, like, kills Prince Isolder so they can't get his DNA, so they can't make the nano killer, but they've already done it. And so he's, like, freaking out at the end because he, like, wants Elena to live, like... That's what he wants. He, he wants even, the best for her. He even saw a vision of a white throne and her as an adult being on that throne, like taking the throne as, I don't even know if it was as a Sith or just like ruling the galaxy. And it's like, dog, you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, he's lost his mind. But at the end, like that's the only thing that he cares about. Yeah. And then Jaina shows up and she's like, I'm here to kill you. And he's like, no, I have to save Tenokal and Alana. And he's like, she's like, no, you don't. And then she like stabs him. And then he like sends a force vision out to them and is like, get them out. You're going to die. And then she does. And they both live. Yeah. But that's why that scene is so short is because he's incredibly distracted the whole time. Yeah. It reminded me of Tenokal and Jason remind me of a lot of Anakin and Padme. Yeah. And I don't know if that was intentional, but... It does make sense, like, the royalty, the 
the like forbidden because for a long time nobody knew that alana was jason's kid most people still didn't know yeah it was like a top secret yeah thing hmm this book is it's very dense like a lot happens and a lot of like Every sentence contains a lot of information. Yeah. You can't, like, Which makes it, skip anything. Yeah, and it makes it slower to read. Yeah. I'm glad you noticed I started that, too. This book, <laughs> I started this book on, like, Wednesday. Oh, I started it on Tuesday. Because I was like, it'll be fine. I'll just finish it. And, like, by, like, Thursday, we'll be fine. We were originally going to record on Thursday, and it's now Saturday at 11.30 p.m. (laughs) Yeah. And it took me until today at, like, 3 p.m. to finish this book. So it took me, like, five days to finish because there's just so – it was so dense Mm -hmm. the whole time. But the fight scenes are really cool. I really like the way he describes the Force. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I was like, it's nice to read the Force being used – because we always see it, but, like, the, like, I like reading about how people, like, how the force, like, flows through you, and then these things happen. How it's like, perceived, cool. both from the perspective of the person using it and from the outside, because it is third person with a focus on whoever happens to be there at the time. Usually Jaina. Usually Jaina. There's a little bit of Ben, Han, and Jason. Is that it? Yeah. I think so, for the most part. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of Luke here and there. Yeah, I. but also, this book is, like, fight scene, action sequence, political thing, random profound statement. Action scene, political thing, random profound statement. And I was like, okay. I, I think it's nice, man. I liked how he described things. I usually don't like descriptions, but you can tell this guy knows what he's talking about because I don't even know what he's talking about. So he's, he's a like, lot of like very intense, deep lore stuff, man. Yeah, there were like multiple times when I was reading it where I was like, "Did he just mention this thing?" He like mentioned Mace Windu at some point, and I was like, "Yeah, okay. Mace Windu us- using Shatterpoint." Shatterpoint. So he's like talking about these deep. Um, force things he mentioned the night sisters at one point mm-hmm. he mentioned i'm pretty sure he made like veiled clone wars references throughout this whole book yeah and i was like that's deep yeah it's something about like the clones being soldiers yeah, yeah. and yeah it says we don't mind following a jedi knight they used to make good generals after all and i was like is that a deep cut clone wars reference because that was the last yeah the last time they were generals yeah who said the clone wars is like a hundred years before this yeah i mean the next chapter it has a mace windu reference i love it but he's just so good at explaining things and like the fight scenes keep you captivated and you can see exactly what's happening and how it's happening he uses colors a lot did you notice that he uses so many color words i didn't notice that he noticed he used a lot of um 
anatomical words yeah that i had to look up like he used the word solar plexus mm-hmm. and i was like what the heck is that yeah but it's your like sternum yeah it's the nerve ending like that nerve cluster at your sternum and i was like all right yeah i'm trying to find but basically he um troy dennings used Denning. a lot i know i keep doing it <laughs> i'm just gonna go with it and hope nobody noticed he would make random comments that, like, pointed to, like, Jason's humanity or would just, like, play at the multiple sides of war. Yes. Which I appreciate a lot because war is messy and war is bad. And so much of our, like, comic books and, like, Star Wars is very much, like, good, bad. Nothing you in between. You heard it here first, ladies and gents. War is bad. Hey, we don't need to get about my feelings about war on this podcast. Star Wars? Not good. Right. <laughs> but. Sorry. I can't with you. I'm done. Get me out of here. But there would be little things when, like, Ben would be thinking, and he's like, honestly, kind of what Jason does makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Or the whole book, Jane is, like, trying to, like, justify jason's actions yeah she's trying to make sense of the fact that her brother her twin brother is like falling to the dark side and she's like still trying to like hold out for that last last bit of light and be like he's not all bad and so like there's lots of moments where she's like okay but like this and it made me really appreciate the next series in that the entire point of that series is ben and luke go on this like seven eight nine book long journey to figure out how jason turned to the dark side and i love backlash the most one because i've read it twice and i think it's great two because alana basically adopts a pet and i think that's adorable (laughs) and three because it's about the night sisters it's about dathomir and it's super yikes it's super dark but it's so interesting it's pretty dark too (laughs) yeah but it's super interesting seeing how passionate ben and luke are about finding out how he turned to the dark side and how to stop anyone else from following the same path i love that i found one of them when jaina at the beginning sneaks into that base to like kill jason the first time the first time they fight mm-hmm. she's like she's has this whole like scene where she's like thinking through what she's gonna have to do like she's trying to sneak in undetected and she's going on and on about how all the like stormtroopers that are there she's gonna have to kill them yes and she says she says she was gonna kill them for the most dispassionate of all reasons because it was necessary and like there's a lot in that chapter about how she's like this is just what a soldier does yeah like, they're just soldiers like they would do the same to me even though they don't know me they don't know what i'm like and i just think that's an interesting way to look at it yeah it's not just i'm doing the right thing it's am i doing the right thing right and she does that a lot in this book they he touches a lot on morality and like Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Morality. And what it means to be moral, because I've had conversations with friends before about, are the Jedi right? 
And we're not going to get into that right now because we could have a whole episode on that. But I think it's just important to note that like, yes, you see one side is dark and one side is light because that's how they've been portrayed. Does that mean that that's correct all the time? Right. There's a quote. Tahari is Jason's like Sith apprentice now, Mm -hmm. but she used to be a Jedi and then she fell to Darkseid because that's usually how that goes. But they capture Ben at some point and Tahari tells the like troopers that are there like this guy is a prisoner, Ben, and this prisoner comes from a family of assassins and murderers. Yeah. Because Luke killed Lumaya and then Mara Jade like went to go kill Jason. Mhm. When Jason killed her. And so it's, like, interesting to see this opposite side of things. Yeah. Because, like, we'll all be like, yeah, the Sith are bad people. Like, they do bad things. They kill people. They're not good. But, like, to the Sith, they're in the right. And they play with that. That's what makes Jason such a good villain. Mm-hmm. Is that throughout the entire book, he's constantly justifying what he's doing. And he's constantly like, I want to be better than the other Sith. Like. He's like, if I kill all these people, I won't be any better than Palpatine or Exar Kun. Like, yes. Like, I'm doing this to make the galaxy a better place and to make this a better place for Elena. Like, all of these things. And so he's constantly trying to justify what he's doing. And to him, what he's doing is right. Even if he's blinded by hatred and he's losing his mind and he's, like, ruined everything. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting at the end, especially when when everything's kind of resolved, the war is over, and Jaina goes, Jason's only thing was that he wanted to bring peace to the galaxy, and he might have actually managed to do that. Even, yeah, I was literally going to mention that. Yeah, even in dying. And I was like, huh. It's okay. A- he had sacrificed everything, his name, his family, his reputation, his life, to unite the galaxy. And now here Jaina was, watching the birth of a galaxy-wide League of Worlds dedicated to working together in peace. Had Jason won after all? Mm. This book is incredible, you guys. Like, it just... You think you love Star Wars lore and then you read something like this and you're like, man, this is incredible stuff. It's very political. It's very like one, two, three political. The whole, so this is how Liberty dies with thunderous applause, which there's (laughs) literally a line in the book that's like, and then thunderous applause happened. And I was like, oh no, Troy, sir, don't do that. (laughs) You know better. (laughs) But there's also, so there's all these things in here about morality and, like, thinking things through. There's also tons of comic relief. Yes. Like, I laughed out loud so many times. Every chapter has a joke at the beginning of it, which, if you're following us on social media, you would have seen that I tweeted all of them. (laughs) Except for one, because it was so messed up. Yeah. But it's, like, sad, because they're all from Jason when he was at the Jedi Academy. And then you like watch, you're watching him get closer and closer to death throughout the whole book. Mm-hmm. And the one I didn't tweet was the chapter after he died. Yeah. When it was, what's the difference between a Jedi Knight and a Jedi Master? 
And he goes, I don't know, ask me in 20 years. And it was like Jason Solo, 15, Yavin 4 Academy. And I was like, that's messed up. Because he never got to be a Jedi Master. Yeah, that one, that one hurt. It hurt. There's also um, Ben and the Haypan women, like what Tyran and whatever them are. There's a quote where one of them goes, now can I blast her? And Ben's like, who's stopping you? And she goes, men. (laughs) I just laugh. Oh my gosh. There's so many good, like, Han-isms, too. Oh my gosh. He's so funny. The Han and Boba Fett banter in this book is so good. It's so good. Because they despise each other. For good reason. Yeah. But they're, like, bantering with each other, and there's a lot of character development in Bubba Fett's character in this book. Oh my gosh. Like, just just in this book, and he has his own book in the EU, and, like, he's not just in this book, but, like, he's blinded by revenge, and that's caused him to leave his wife, and his daughter hates him, and then his granddaughter hates him because of that, but also he's Mandalore. Mm -hmm. And he just really hates Han and wants to kill him. Yeah, and Han doesn't really like him, but also, Boba Fett spends so much of this book like teaming up with the Jedi just because it's a necessity. Yeah, they're all just trying to survive. It's just all so good. I do like how you think it's going one direction, and suddenly it completely shifts because somewhere in the background, Luke is screwing up everything. Because he can see the future. Yeah. There's parts where Luke just, like, gets so involved in the Force that he just, like, zones out. And Han is, like, it's so, the Han dynamic is so great because he's, like, the only one who can't feel the Force. (laughs) (laughs) And so he's, like, on the ship surrounded by all of the Jedi Masters and they're all, like, knowing exactly what's going on because they're, like, communicating with each other the Force and they can feel things. And then Luke just, like, zones out and then Han is like, wait, what happened? In the final battle, Luke, like, zones out and Han realizes that they're about to die unless they do something. But, like, Luke was the one that was supposed to make the order. And so he tells, he tells Ben, he's like, you guys need to go, like, launch the fighters, like, go for it. And then Ben is like, I was supposed to wait for dad's call. And Han is like, you should do it now. And then Luke wakes up and is like, that's interesting. I don't remember telling Ben to go. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Sassy Luke. Yes. Luke is just so good. He's the leader of the Jedi Order. He's sarcastic. He has so much force power. He also like holds all of the secrets close to his chest. Which is, like, a very interesting character dynamic that I like. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this Luke is cool. Like, this Luke is terrifying. And even when they were in battle, Jaina admitted she's like, you know what? The best starfighter pilot in the galaxy is Luke Skywalker. Hands down. And I was like... Dang. And so it, then it went into like a description of what he was doing and basically it was impossible and he did it without thinking. And I was like, 
that's what happens when you are the freaking best. I love him. I love there's one line at the very beginning. Troy Denning, he's such a guy. He... (laughs) Can you tell that we have a crush on Troy Denning? (laughs) (laughs) I love him. He goes, um... This is in Jaina's perspective, and it goes, these were not her mother's stormtroopers. These guys could shoot. And I was like, yes. <laughs> uh... That's so good. There's uh, one where after Jaina fights Jason the first time, I think, Han walks in and is like, honey, you look worse than Luke did after the Mamba tried to eat him. So good. Um, oh, one of the like profound quotes was every day it grows more clear to us that this fight will be won or lost in the mystic realm, not the physical. And literally that came true. Like that was 100% accurate. It had nothing to do with the physical stuff. That basically resolved itself. It all had to do with what Luke was doing in the Force and what he was forcing Jason slash Cadis to see. It was so incredible. Huh. I'm not saying that you should read this book. I understand canon purist if you don't want to read this book. I don't. It's fine. The EU, that upsets the me. EU is a trap. You read this book and... You read all of them. Suddenly you're like, now I have to know everything. And there's lots of just like one word references in this book. Where I'm like, oh, I know what that is because I've read the other books in this series. Mm-hmm. Which I don't recommend you read the last book of a series. <laughs> That's just <laughs> what we did. But like, there was a reference to Alema Ra. Alima Ra, Mm -hmm. which is, like, she was, like, somebody who was just around in the first, like, five books. She was, like, a disfigured, like, a Jedi who had been, like, disfigured by something, and she was just, like, angry, and she, like, wanted to be a Sith, but she was, like, a really bad Sith or something like that. That is so funny. Like, you're so bad at everything, you're even bad at being a Sith. Sorry. That was mean, but, like, that's amusing to me. But you know what my favorite thing about this whole book was? The character list at the beginning of the book. Mm. Like, all of the EU books, like, have character lists at the beginning that are like, these are the important characters in this book. Hold on, find it. And it's like, these, this is, it's like Ben Skywalker, Jedi Knight, human male. And it just, like, tells you all of these things. Like, Darth Cadus. Formerly Jason Solo, Sith Lord, human male. Bubba Fett, Mandalorian bounty hunter, Mandalore, human male. Yeah. And some of them have a timeline in the front. The timeline is what I love. I wish this one had it. My other book has the timeline in it and I reference it constantly because it says like what year it's around and it has everything in order and I'm like, yes, this. Yeah, the... I'm reading Light of the Jedi, the High Republic book that mm-hmm. came out this year, and it had it at the beginning, a timeline at the beginning, and I was like, the timeline! But it's so short, because 
it's only canon books. It was one page. I was like, I've read a timeline that's like five pages long. <laughs> yeah, that's disappointing, but okay. Okay. The last thing I'm going to say is that my favorite force technique is mentioned so many times in this book. But the one where they, like, cloak their force presence. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's so cool. I don't know why I like it so much, but... A lot of times throughout this book, Jaina will just, like, use the Force to hide herself in the Force so Jason can't see her. Yeah. And it's so cool. Because that's something that I think about a lot, that I was like, well, if you're a Jedi, and then you, like, have this Force bond with somebody, like, they're gonna know where you are at all times. Or, like, if you're, like, Force bonded to your parents, like, they're gonna be able to sense you at all times. Mm -hmm. But if you could, like, hide yourself in the Force, then you can, like, hide from people. Yeah. I mean, Shatterpoint's cool, too, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, literally shattering Beskar armor like it's nothing. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna do another shout-out to Han Solo. So, C-3PO <laughs> and Han Solo, their relationship doesn't change over 37 years. Might I suggest that now would be an excellent time to broaden your horizons? No. That one got me good. Um, also, the... Um, I don't want to hear the odds in either. It wouldn't do you any good because the odds of you surviving this are so small. <laughs> Han is a grown man still calling people names like Buckethead. <laughs> Love him. He calls... Han calls him Goldenrod at some point. Yes. Um. Also, Jaina has a purple lightsaber, which just means she's the coolest. Ugh, bless. That's all I have to say. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say some more quotes. Is that okay? Yeah, we need to wrap soon. I just keep yeah. going. There's so... I have seven pages of notes, and we've covered, like, a tenth of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hit me up if you want to read my notes. <laughs> something else Ben had mentioned as he was being tortured, of course, was he goes, As far as he could tell, nobody in this war had any claim to the moral high ground. Which just proved, like, how intense. Ben Skywalker is 14 years old in this book. And he, He's literally the smartest person in the whole book. He is the smartest person in this entire book. I love him dearly. He's my favorite person ever. Just ever. I love him. But the fact that even he noticed that, he's like, no one's got the high ground here. Everyone's torturing and killing everyone. I was like, dang. He's so loyal to his dad, and he still said that. Right. Ben, at this point, has, like, seen the dark side and the light side, and he's also Luke Skywalker's son. So he's super wise, and he knows both sides of the story of, like, this war intimately. Mm -hmm. And he's still the most objective person on this team. Like, Jason killed his mom, and he's still like, Jason could be a little bit right. Like, while Luke is like, he killed my wife, he must die. 
freaking love Ben. Oh my gosh. Nobody ever said the light side was easy. It definitely required a lot of patience. <sighs> so good. At the beginning, Jason says, because that was how the Sith stayed strong, they needed pain to keep the balance to remind them that they were still human. And they needed it so they would not forget the pain they were inflicting on others. To make the galaxy safer, everyone had to suffer, even Sith Lords. Mm-hmm. Didn't Jason mention that, too? That everyone... Yeah, Jason said that. Oh, I thought you said Ben. No, no, Jason said that. It's fine. Um... If you want a good Star Wars book on what it's like to be a prisoner of war, this is it. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering, there's a lot of prison scenes, my guy. Um, let's see. Han, be nice to Mandel or we need his toys. Yes, sir. I think the last thing was, of course, in a book of this magnitude and with a protagonist that's a female and a male writer, there's going to be a love triangle. It's gonna happen. I, I love Zek. I do. I love I've him. always been a Jag fan. Shh. Nobody <laughs> needs to know. I no, I like Jag, but in this book, he's just very stoic, and Zek is more like well, he's stoic the whole time. That's kind of his thing, right? Yeah, Zek is more like the free spirited, but also like ride or die kind of person, and they're very connected in the Force. And I forget how the relationships turn out. I know they talk about it more. I can't remember. She's Mary's Jag. Oh, God. I've looked it up. There's a part, I texted you, and I was like, Ben just roasted Jaina. It was, maybe it was just because Jag was the first eligible man Jaina had met that had was nearly the pilot her father was. He's, like, ranting about, like, he doesn't understand why Jaina's interested in him. And then he's like, I guess it's just because he's the first eligible man. And I was like, Ben, please. <laughs> Again, Ben is... Don't roast your cousin like that. I just... <laughs> That's so funny to me. Like, Ben is literally the voice of reason. I love him so much. He has a lot to learn, obviously. Like, but... Oh, he's so fantastic. For some reason, I always thought Ben was older than Anakin. No, he's a baby. Yeah. Because Luke didn't get married until way younger. Late, way later. How old was he had Anakin whole... when he died? Do you know? I'll look it up. He had to have been older than Ben by the way they were talking, but I always assumed he was younger for some reason. Anakin... Oh. I knew that. <laughs> Where is I also just assumed Ben was older than 14. I guess I skimmed over that. Yeah, I knew he was young. 
Okay. He was 17 when he died. Dang. Jay, give a final sentence review about this book. Oh, man. This book really just... It's got layers to it, man. If you like political stuff, like fake political Star Wars lore kinds of things, if you like action sequences, if you like more of the prisoner of war, war things, if you like a little bit of love triangle, a little bit of romance, a little bit of comedy in there, this is just a fantastic book. And I made a note that I would love to see this as a movie just because of how well written it is. Like, I can see it in my mind and it's fantastic. Yeah, this book, like this series of books, with a little bit of cleaning up, like, the Legacy of the Force series would have made a great sequel trilogy. Honestly. And I don't blame them for not using it. There might have been some copyright stuff involved. I don't actually know what goes on. But I'm just it would have been good. It would have been fun. I think it would have been better. It wouldn't have been perfect, but I think it no. would have left more people less disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Also, this book has just left me as confused as I am in the Harry Potter fandom 100% of the time because I don't even know what's canon and what's not anymore. (laughs) Well, that's okay. With stuff like this, I don't care as much about what's canon. It's just what I like. In my head, I'm not that big of a Ray fan, so I'm like, canon? Nah. I'm Jaina all the way. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not technically canon, but it's enjoyable and it's fun. Yeah, it's especially just what we if like. you like if you like fan fiction, like if you like reading Star Wars fan fiction or just fan fiction in general, read this. Read it right now. Because you already don't care about what's canon or not, so read this book. <laughs> Guarantee you it is in some dark corner of your library. <laughs> Yeah. It's literally where these books are located in our library. It's sad. I've spent a lot of time in that dark corner. It's okay. (laughs) Okay, Jane. What do you rate this book? Don't do it. I actually thought about it today. Yay. I didn't land on an answer. I already put my number in. But I thought about it. Um, Man. You're right, it's not perfect. It had a rough start, so if you can't get past the first few chapters, that's okay. Like, chapter one's a little rough, because there's a lot of things that won't have context, but it gets Yeah, and chapter one's long. Chapter one's long, too. It does get better, promise. All your favorite people are gonna show up, besides Chewbacca. Um... Anyways. Rest in peace. <laughs> Loie's. Also, if you're going to read it, maybe you should start with the first book in the series. Nah, don't worry about it. Read that. book one, read book five, read book nine. Okay, you heard it here. So read 
Jason Fell the Dark Side, read. Jason Kills Mary Jane, read this one. Yes. Um, There's a lot of political stuff in the middle that's a little bit hard to read. Yeah. So, I'll give this an eight and a half. I gave it an eight. Yeah. I was there. So, we're in 8.25. Yeah. We'll put it under Tweet Cute, but above Algernon. Wow. And, yeah. So, is that our top so our, book now? Our top fives are Tweet Cute, Invincible, Algernon, My Grandma Said, My Grandma Told Me to Tell You She's Sorry, and Austin Land. That's quite a phenomenal list. If we read more EU books, it's all going to be EU books. <laughs> we need to make another scale just for those. <laughs> all right, Jade. Take us out. Okay, I'll take you out for dinner. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so cute. Uh, we're adorable. Um, okay, people of the internet, we have internet things we have twitter we have instagram we might have a facebook at some point don't worry about that sometimes we don't at this moment so don't try and look there (laughs) sometimes carrie has tiktok we'll figure that out um we also have a gmail curly critics at curly critics pod at gmail.com i almost don't even know our own gmail please gmail us if you have any more eu books that you would like to hear about please let us know dm us comment like subscribe if you want to see my notes all seven pages of them hit me up honestly i'll gladly send them to you oh yeah i've got five that's that's a decent amount okay um it's fine i took them all on my phone um (laughs) Also, we're on YouTube as well. If you don't like all the other things, we've got a YouTube, and we love it. It's very pretty. You can't see our faces, though, because we're not good at that yet. (laughs) (laughs) My computer literally cannot handle that, so we don't need that. Same. I can't handle that. (laughs) Anyway. Really Critics is a proud member of the WB&E Network. You can read more about that and listen to the other shows at wbne.org there are eight great shows on this network all full of absolutely amazing people one of which is hello from elsewhere where casey and valerie winters talk about pop culture and the themes throughout that and they're amazing people here's a promo Do you find yourself thinking deeply about pop culture? Do you wish for a super nerdy podcast that explores your favorite movies and books? Well, look no further. From WBNE, it's Hello from Elsewhere. On our podcast, we promise to literally transport you to all your favorite fictional settings. I don't think we can actually promise that. Yes, we can. Travel with us to the Death Star. We can't put people in harm's way like that. Or visit beautiful new Asgard. That's so many plane tickets to Norway. Explore the eras of Jane Austen or Frankenstein. Metaphorically, we don't know how to implement time travel. We do now on Hello From Elsewhere. We're going to get in trouble with these promises. With new episodes every other Friday, Hello From Elsewhere is available wherever you find your podcasts. Yes, that part is true. You can even listen on the Hogwarts Express. Oh boy. That was our episode on Star Wars. That was all of Star Wars in one episode. 
yeah, we didn't. We talked a lot in this episode, and we could probably keep going for another two hours if it wasn't midnight. <laughs> yeah, one day we'll get some guest stars to do some Star Warsy things because we're very nerdy. We could go a very long time about Star Wars. That's kind of where both of our fandom worlds started. Um, yes, Star Wars is my number one fandom. Yeah, we're crazy, man. It's like sometimes I forget about it, but it's always there. It's always there. Like, I'm never going to not be a Star Wars fan, no matter how bad it is. Mm. I'm going to be there watching all the shows, watching all the stuff, reading all the books. I haven't read all the books because there are a lot. There's a lot. Even the canon ones, there's too many now. Oh, yeah. So for all you Star Warsy fans out there, this was for you. Hopefully we do more. We just wanted to do a little introduction episode on why we love Star Wars and this incredibly niche book that hardly anyone knows about. This episode is dedicated to my brothers. This episode is dedicated to Carrie's brothers. (laughs) Because I can't dedicate it to anyone. Anyways, bye everyone. Bye.